Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited to have a very special guest here with us today. Marisa Ferreira is here, and Marisa is so much fun. Uh, We just... We had a great call intro call that just actually went a lot longer than it than we had scheduled just because we got along so well and we're having so much fun. So I can't wait to have her on the show. She is an empowerment coach and mentor who's passionate about helping men and women who struggle with conflict and drama in family relationships create healthy, loving boundaries with their family so they can stand in their power and authentically express themselves. She shows them how to transform conflict into opportunities to heal and create deeper and more meaningful relationships. She is the number one international best-selling author of the book, Magnify Your Magnificence, Your Pathway to the Life and Relationships You Truly Desire. She's well-known she is well known for following her heart and inspiring and encouraging others to also do the same. Her faith and trust in listening to her inner guidance led her to attract the love of her life and build her dream life in the beautiful country of Colombia in South America. You can learn more about Marisa and connect with her across all social media and also request a free copy of her Create Healthy Boundaries guide by visiting her website, which is magnifyyourmagnificence.com. So go there, check out everything she's up to and grab a copy of her book while you're there. Marisa, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. I'm excited to have you all the way in uh, Colombia. How are things in Colombia? Very good. Uh, weather is great year round. That's why we moved here from Ontario. And uh, yeah, things are great. No complaints. The, the weather's a little different in Ontario, isn't it? Yes, especially now it's starting to get a lot cooler. That's nice. Do you still have people you talk to in Ontario regularly? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my family's there. So I have a Skype dinner. We have Skype dinner with my mom every Sunday night, oh, which is cool. really great. And, you know, talk to family members regularly. Do you ever rub it in how nice the weather is where you are? Um, every now and then. Uh, there was, <laughs> one, one time my sister in Ottawa sent me a picture a couple of years ago on May 4th. And she said, look what I woke up to this morning. And it was like a picture of the ground completely covered in snow the car, everything. So I ran outside and took a picture. And I, <laughs> I was teasing my family. I'm like, look what I woke up to this morning, you know, beautiful sunshine, green grass. So yes, I do rub it in from time to time. That's awesome. And it kind of leads right into what we want to talk about, because you're talking about Skype dinners with your families and with your family and, you know, having some playful activities with them back and forth. And one of the things I kind of want to talk about is when we when I was reading your bio, and through your book and everything that you do, you talk about creating healthy boundaries. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever I hear the word boundary, I tend to think of almost like a separation. Like this is a boundary. We don't cross this. But 
boundaries can actually, or they should actually bring people closer together, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's a common, common experience or concept or perception that people have is that a boundary means like, you know, you're putting up a fence, you're putting up a wall, and don't step across it. But we're talking about healthy, loving boundaries. We're not talking about keeping people away. We're talking about, as you mentioned, creating deeper and more meaningful relationships with the people we care about. And when we don't have boundaries, that's really difficult because what happens is we don't express ourselves authentically. We don't speak our truth. We say yes many more times than we really want to because of many different reasons that we can get into if you want. And so what that ends up doing is it starts building up a lot of resentment and anger within us. And so that's what actually creates the separation. Whereas when we start to express ourselves honestly, but from a loving place, then it also gives our family members or other people we're speaking with permission to do the same. So we can communicate from our hearts, but speak our truth. And that does create a much deeper and more meaningful connection. Where did your personal passion and focus for boundaries come stem from? <laughs> That's a good question. I certainly didn't have them growing up. It, it really came from my own um, history of being brought up in a dysfunctional family. And we hear that term a lot. And, and many people will say everybody grew up in a dysfunctional family to some degree or another. And in my particular situation, uh, there was a lot of emotional and physical abuse. And so I was really shut down. I was very fearful. And so I did not speak my truth. I didn't have any boundaries. I always said yes to everything I was asked to do because it wasn't safe to say no. And so as I grew up and realized that I had lost my sense of self and I didn't have close family relationships because I avoided them because they were painful and not much fun to be around, I realized that's not what I wanted. And so I started doing some inner healing work and wanted to look at how could I create the relationships I really wanted with my family and not be afraid of my father in particular. Um, and so through that process and, you know, doing that inner work and forgiveness work, I did move to a, a very different place and very different space and, and was able to have boundaries and really speak in a loving way, even if my parents didn't agree with some of the decisions and choices I made, they respected them because of the way I communicated. It wasn't coming from a harsh, aggressive, angry space like this is how I feel and I don't care what you think. It was more from a place of, you know, I can respect that you disagree and that's okay. And it's important for me to follow what's in my heart and what I'm feeling guided to do. And so it's, it's really, so now I, I mean, so many people I meet, they have uh, at least one family member that they have difficulty with. And it could be a parent or it could be a sibling or it could be an in-law. And it really creates a lot of pain and suffering for them and the other family members. So that's what inspires me and, and gives me the passion to want to support people who have the same desire that I had, which is to really heal those relationships and create what they really want with them so they can enjoy family gatherings instead of trying to find reasons why they can't attend or leave early. What are some of the reasons, you mentioned this earlier, what are some of the reasons why people become yes people? Well, there's a lot of different reasons, but the underlying core of all of them is fear. So we say yes because we're afraid of being judged. Many times uh, we're afraid of being called selfish. We're afraid of being criticized. We're afraid of people saying, you know, you don't care about us. You only think about yourself. 
We're afraid of being alienated or rejected from our families. So that's the main thing is we're afraid of something. There's, there's something we're afraid of. And so we say yes to be accepted and to get the love that we want. But it's not really true love because it's really it's conditional on our behaving and of the way people want us to behave or want us to act. What are some of the common things you see when people are, you know, when they have that that um, disposition to say yes and, you know, they have that fear underlying what what are some of the things you see with the other side of that equation with the family that is telling them to do the things that they're saying yes to or encouraging them to do certain things? Is Where does that stem from? Does that come from usually a place of uh, misguided love? Does it come from a place of selfishness? Like where do you see that on the other side of the equation? Well, it does come from, you know, how we've been brought up and what we've been taught in terms of what it means to be selfish or not selfish, because most of us are taught that we're supposed to think about other people first. And if we do think about ourselves or think about our needs or desires first, then that is called being selfish. But the problem is if we don't take care of our own needs and desires first, yes, we might keep giving to people, but it's not coming from a genuine place. It's not really coming from an authentic place like, yes, I really want to, to give this to you. I really want to do this for you. It's coming from a place of obligation. And so energetically, that's not really going to feel good for anybody. And many times it also leads to feelings of overwhelm because a lot of people that are yes people or people pleasers, they really overextend themselves and they end up feeling a lot of overwhelm, a lot of stress and anxiety because things are falling apart in their own life because they're trying to you know, do everything for everybody else first. And many times it leads to physical illness as well which can become very debilitating. So, you know, I often, you know, tell my clients, you know, it's just like we often, we always hear when we're on an airplane, you know, when they do the go through the rounds of what to do in an emergency, they always say when those oxygen masks come down, put it on yourself first before you assist anybody else. And I love that, uh, to use that as an analogy, because there's so much truth to that. If we don't take care of ourselves first, we're going to run ourselves ragged. We might end up in the sick bed or with, with a really debilitating disease, and then we're of no good to anybody. And so when we do take the time to, to look after ourselves, and it doesn't mean we don't care about other people. It means that we care about our own health and well-being so that we can actually give more, but give from that place of desire and, and wanting to contribute, not from a place of obligation that just doesn't lead to anything positive. What are some baby steps people can start to take? Because I know it's kind of an identity transition and it's a big thing. You can't, as e as easy as it sounds, and things <laughs> typically sound easier than they are, for someone who's always been a yes person or a people pleaser, or someone who doesn't have any clear boundaries to wake up and go, okay, this is all going to change. <laughs> it's probably not very realistic, right? Yeah. So what are some baby steps that if someone's listening to this and like, here's, that sounds like me type of thing. What are some things they can begin to do to slowly begin to make some shifts? Well, one of the things that would be really helpful is just to take some time to really reflect on what it is that's causing them to say yes. Really try to identify under what's underneath it all. Is it a fear of abandonment? Is it a fear of, of being judged and you know ostracized from your family? So get un understand what's going on because if we don't understand it, then we can't really do anything about it. And also I recommend that you know, to actually 
create an opportunity to sit down with the family member that you're having a difficulty with. I wouldn't sit down with the whole family. If you're having problems with everyone in the family, then I would do this individually. But just, you know, create a time and just say, you know, I'd love to get together and and talk to you. There's something I've been thinking about um, that I want to share with you. And I'm sure, you know, they would want to to connect with you. And if you can do it in person, great. And if not, you know, there's always Zoom or Skype or telephone calls, right? But the first thing I would do when you sit with them is say, you know, I've really been thinking about our relationship. And and I know that, you know, it's not always been easy for us. We tend to have, you know, a lot of challenges. And I really want to improve that relationship with you. I really want it to be better. And then give the other person the opportunity to speak first, because all of us want to be heard and understood. And it's a, it's a good, um, I I like to say, give what you want before you ask for it. Because if you start off by saying, you know, this is what I'm finding is not working and this is what I want, the other person isn't really going to be open to listening to you because they're thinking about what they don't like about what's going on in the relationship and what they want changed. So if you give them an opportunity to express themselves first, they're going to be more open to hearing what you have to say. So come from a genuine place. Like you, like you really do want to understand their perspective, not like it's some kind of a game or or a manipulative thing that you're just going to let them talk so that you can get your turn. Be very sincere because you can learn a lot when you really ask the question, just say, you know, I know things have been, you know, kind of tense between us whenever we're together. And I really don't want it to be that way. So would you be willing to share with me, like, what's going on for you? Is there something about me that's really bothering you? Or is there something I've done in the past that I might not even be aware of? And so open up that dialogue. And and then when they start to speak, this is where it can get difficult because they might start to say something to you that could trigger an upset right they might say well you're this that or the other thing and you your automatic go-to place is probably to defend yourself that's kind of where we go we're like well no I'm not and this and that but if you can do your best to stay centered and just recognize that whatever they're saying is is their their experience it doesn't mean it's true It's just their experience of you. So let them speak. And if they say something, you can just say, you know, I'm really sorry. That's how you feel. That was never my intention. My intention is to whatever it is. So if you just focus on being grounded and centered before this conversation and just do your best not to react to anything they say, but respond from your heart, things are going to go a lot better. And then once they're clear or they've expressed, you know, what it is that's bothering them or or why they think there's tension in your relationship, you can ask them, you know, what do they think would make it better? What would they like to see changed or different and and discuss that? And then you can say, would it be, you know, I'd like to have an opportunity to share with you how, how I've been feeling. And then again, come from that place of expressing your truth from how you feel, not pointing fingers and saying, well, you always do this or you always do that or whenever you do this. Because when we point fingers, it'll just trigger the other person and they'll get defensive as well. So it's really about having a heart-to-heart conversation. Try to get to to the root of what's really going on in the relationship underneath it all, what's causing the stress and tension or the upset every time you get together or talk. And then look for, you know, how you discuss together how you can make it better and then create some agreements around it. So that, I don't know if that's, clear or if you have any questions about that it's a lot in one place it it's it's a process it's not like you're going to have one conversation and everything's going to be 
perfect from then on. And, and it's important too to, to recognize that when you speak to this person and say, okay, we've agreed to whatever you've agreed to. Now let's just kind of see how it goes and just recognize that we might still trigger each other and, and that's okay. We're just going to do our best to improve our relationship step by step. Well, it sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the real key here and the key to starting this whole process is clear communication. Yes. And, it's, you know, so if you focus on that and when, when I say or when you explained it so brilliantly, clear communication, it's not communication with the intent to win or the intent to persuade or the intent to convince. It's with the intent to understand. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you caught that because that's really important because a lot of times when people are communicating, they're not really listening they're, they're just waiting for the person to finish talking so they can say what they want to say. And, and, and people can feel that. They can tell if you're listening to them or if you're just waiting to get your two cents in there. And so when you demonstrate the kind of relationship you want by being that person, it, it shows the other person how they can be as well. And just recognize that they, they're not going to be, it's not necessarily going to go smooth. I mean, it is a process. It's really important to understand, like I had mentioned earlier, What's causing you to say yes all the time? What is it about this person that triggers you? Why do you get upset when, whenever you have a conversation with them or whenever they're around? And really getting clear on what's going on within you and healing all of that. Because the more we heal our own you know, past wounds and, and get to that place of forgiveness, like you mentioned earlier, the easier it is to have heart-to-heart conversations with people. I'm glad you mentioned that. One of the things that I tend to do, and you know, you, people, listeners can't see this, but people who are on the show will see. And don't tell my clients I do this because I tell them not to. I break <laughs> my own rules. But one of the things I do when someone, when I have a guest on and they're talking, is I'll actually push my microphone away so that I can't talk and I have to sit and listen because you do. No matter who you are or how many conversations you have, you you're always tempted to jump in and say something. Now, if it's something important that I need more clarification on, I'll jump in. But you know, by not having it right in front of my face at that time, it makes it a little harder for me to actually chime in and I really want to listen. So that, and I was thinking about that as you were talking before about how a lot of people, they listen with the intent to speak rather than listening with the intent to understand. And you mentioned it there. So I thought that that was, you know, we're, we're right on the same page there. I really appreciate that. But Marisa, I can't wait to have you back on the next episode because there's still more for us to talk about. Thank you so much for everything you shared today. I want to remind people that um, magnifyyourmagnificence.com is where they can go find you, grab a copy of your book, connect with you across all social media so they can go there and connect with you there to find out more. And uh, thank you so much for everything. And I look forward to picking it up on the next show. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me here. Hey everyone, I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us 
at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.